Welcome to the wonderful world of dance, bringing you exclusive interviews with top dancers and choreographers and reviews of the world's best companies across the globe. You can find lots more on our website at thewonderfulworldofdance.com. Hi, this is Savannah Saunders, and today I'm thrilled to have acclaimed Tamsin Fitzgerald, artistic director and choreographer of the award-winning and physically adventurous Two-Faced Dance Company. Tamsin is a trailblazer and a strong advocate for female choreographers. She has created a program specifically to address serious concerns about the lack of equality faced by female choreographers in the dance sector today. And with International Women's Day just behind us, this is an important subject to be explored and highlighted. Thank you so much for joining us today, Tamsin. Hello. Hi. Hi, yes. So... Uh, firstly, I'm, I'm really interested to um, learn a bit more about Two-Faced Dance Company. You founded the company about 20 years ago. Tell us about Two-Faced. Yeah, so um, I moved back to Hereford, uh, which is where I grew up after doing my dance training and having a brief kind of flirtation with being a professional dancer and um, moved back and started working within the local community running dance classes um, predominantly for boys, actually, because there were there were no classes for, for boys. So I've always had a kind of interest in kind of gender and ensuring that there's fair access to to dance activities for both men and women. And and I I set up a Two Faced Dance Company because it was a youth company. Um, so it was working with boys who were had potential, uh, were really good at dance. Um, but didn't really have the opportunity to access it. So that's kind of how the company was born. I um, set the company up. I took them to the Edinburgh Fringe, uh, where we had great success um, with a series of shows, um, actually sort of commercial success. Um, And as the company's kind of grown up, the dancers grew up from age sort of 14, (laughs) they went off to train. Um, I decided that actually to make the company a a fully professional, full-time company and that's what I've kind of done over the last 20 years so I've kind of taken it from an all all, all male boys dance group um which was unfunded uh, to a fully funded dance company um that's professional and tours nationally and internationally so it's been a bit of a journey quite, quite a journey and and even 20 years ago that would have been quite uh, an, a unique prospect you know or proposition yeah. in terms of being a, a male company or or a that's quite that's yeah. quite innovative. I think there was um, around that time there was a real problem with getting boys into dance in the UK and I think um, I don't think I actually thought about there's a problem. I think I just thought in Hereford you can go to a ballet class or a tap class um, if if you're a girl, but actually there are a lot of boys that want to do dance and there's no way of them kind of accessing that or they felt embarrassed about joining a class with a load of girls and they'd often have to go in a class that was like for little ones so um, it was more about the need at the time in the place that I lived in the community that I I worked in so it was innovative I sat on many kind of (laughs) panels around talking about how I was really successful in getting uh, men into dance I think that at one point there was um 85% of boys that went to conservatoire training came from Hereford. And Hereford's a tiny little 
city, tiny. It's like 65,000 people. So it's a very small place. So that's quite a big number, really. That is. Yes. And, you know, for listeners around the world, you know, we're talking about, you know, this is not central London. No. Um, this is, this, as you say, a very small place. Yeah. But 20 years on, um, yeah. as the artistic director, what's your vision for Two Face now? Um, I think the company's changed quite a bit over the years. Um, we, we, we're touring much more. We're creating more uh, work in diff for different scales. So for outdoor work, indoor work, uh, we're touring nationally and internationally. We've just come back from, from India. Um, we're actually due to go to San Francisco um, and work with a company out there. So I think... For me, um, there's two things. There's the, the development of the company and then there's also the program, The Bench, that I founded, which is my kind of my new, the new project that I'm looking at that actually came from looking at me and my career and uh, funneling all my time into uh, getting more men into dance. And I suddenly realized, actually, what about what about me? It's me, a female, running this dance company um and then that started to bring up all these issues and questions and problems around women not having the same access to opportunity um as as men um as choreographers and leaders so the vision really is to drive the company forward um to keep producing excellent artistic work working with some amazing collaborators uh, to keep working within our local community um, and to fight for women internationally that's absolutely amazing. And before we talk more about Bench, let's mm. talk a little bit more about your own career. As a choreographer yourself, you've had an extensive and, and very successful career. You've collaborated with companies from around the world, from Australia to the Ballet Boys, which are obviously famous here in the UK and around the world. Tell us about your choreographic language. Um, how would you describe your approach to choreography? Um. I normally say that I'm a bit of a movement junkie. <laughs> um, I, I love to watch dance, which is very physical. Um, and that's a physical from a kind of movement point of view, but also physical from an emotional point of view. So for me, I like to go into a theatre and watch things that I can't do, that I think are kind of a bit impossible. Um, a bit like I suppose for me when you go and watch a ballet and actually when you first go and see a ballet and there's women on point and you're like wow how, how does that happen how do they do that for me for me that's what moves me um, as an audience member and I think that that's really influenced my my work so I like to work very physically I like to push the boundaries of movement I know lots of people say that but I really try yep. to kind of go beyond what a, a physical person can do. Um, I like to work individually with the dancers that I've got in my company or on the commission I'm working with because I think, for me, dancers are far more than just a, just a body. So I like mm -hmm. to have their kind of um, their thoughts on the work or where we're moving forward with it. So it's, it's quite a collaborative process, I think, the way in which I work. Um, and I think, yeah, I love lifting work. I love uh the unexpected i think um i think it has to emotionally connect and emotionally engage me in some way so and when you talk about pushing the boundaries physically mm. and working with the dancers how does that interaction uh work when you're asking them to sort of go beyond their physical limits or to you know, push those boundaries 
Yeah, I think I work from quite a sort of task-based starting point. And I think um, it's always a big ask to ask people to do that, to go beyond something, to move out of their comfort zone. And But sometimes that's when the most exciting things can happen um, because it's the, it's the things you don't expect to happen that just suddenly you're like, wow, actually, I wasn't expecting that. Let's, let's use that. So um, I think it can be quite an exhausting process, <laughs> um, both physically and, and emotionally, um, and it takes a bit of time, but I think that the end results are often amazing you know and I think dancers find it a really useful way of working because they I think sometimes when you're with a company for a long time you, you're just churning out the same material you've got to find something new in it something fresh in it um and so I am really asking them to give to me uh, a piece of them a little bit mm -hmm. so um it's an exciting process I think yeah. And when you are looking for dancers to join your company, what, what characteristics, both physically and, as you say, more than just the body that you look for in dancers? I think there's sort of two things. I think there's one is uh, what's really important is, is the dancer's personality um, because obviously putting together a company of dancers can be actually more about personalities than it can be about bodies mm -hmm. uh, because you're with those people all the time so you have to be able to yeah. to, to get on um, so personality is important drive is important um, I look for performance before anything else if that dancer can perform so the technique is second secondary to the performance quality that they can give yeah that's really interesting actually I have to say um, <laughs> So let's talk about Bench. I'm really interested to talk about this new program. Um, and for listeners, Bench is a program which offers female choreographers in the UK training and mentoring, plus more, to empower women to have their choreographic and creative voice heard in the dance world today. This is, again, it seems like a very innovative um, project. Yeah. T tell, tell me more about uh, tell me more about Bench. Okay, so um, in around 2013, um, as, a, as an organization, we were kind of reviewing all our, our work. We were reviewing what uh, stakeholders and the public thought of us as a company or how they perceived us. And one of the things to come out, out of that was that the dancers are male because that's where it started from. Um, but we sold ourselves as an all male dance company. Whereas in natural fact, the work had been predominantly created by a woman myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and I ran the company and I, I suddenly realized that I was kind of selling myself short a little bit. Um, and so I started sort of looking at, at what I'd done. And then I, there started to be these rumblings, um, in the dance sector about the lack of, the lack of opportunity for, for women as choreographers, how it's quite difficult to get your work upscaled, so to move from a small-scale work to mid-scale to large-scale, how there seemed to be a kind of catapulting of male choreographers' careers, mm -hmm. from maybe doing something very small to suddenly appearing on a massive large stage. The same opportunities weren't available for women. So instead of kind of just sitting in there and talking about it, I decided, hey, ho, let's, let's, let's see whether we can't put together a program that starts to make a shift or a change, um, not just for women, but also within the sector. So after about a year 
or a year and a half, uh, the bench um, happened. And the bench came because I was watching actually an episode of Suits. uh, (laughs) And they were talking about lawyers and they said something about stop sitting on the bench you need to get off the bench. And uh, one of them said, oh, well, women can't get off the bench. And I thought, actually, that's such a, that's such a good name, <laughs> the bench. Yep. Um, and we're always sitting on the sidelines and we're always watching. So in 2015, we launched the first year of the bench. So we're now kind of in our second year of the program. Um, and we have just also launched the program in India. So it's been it's been a mad eighteen months, I have to say, from something that was supposed to be quite a small part of what we what we do, to becoming quite a big part of what we do. Um, it, it sounds like this this program is fulfilling quite a maybe not desperate need, but perhaps it's a desperate need actually for you know women and female choreographers in the UK. Uh-huh. Um, why do you think women aren't being catapulted as you as you give the example of you know the, yeah. the guys going from the small to the main stage? I think there's a number of reasons. I think um, there is a, a kind of feeling that women aren't that confident, um, and I I actually think that women don't approach uh, companies for commissions in the same way that men do. Um, that's not to say that men do it in the right way. It just comes across as being more confident in the way that they do that. Um, I think that there is a historical patriarchal um, way in which the dance world is, is run in this country. And that's actually quite a hard um, wall to break. Yeah. I think that it, 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 it comes from the top and, you know, the, the bigger companies, the larger organizations kind of set that. So, you know, Crystal Pipe, for example, she's just done the Royal Ballet Commission. That's mm-hmm. the first commission since 1998, I think, or 1999, where they've ever commissioned a woman. So that tells you something. It's so quite incredible, isn't it? It is quite incredible. And I, I think we're having, even having these conversations still. I know it's not the first time this has come up. This is, this is an ongoing thing. Um, but I think there is a sort of gender bias, an unconscious gender bias that happens as well within the arts. Yeah. Yeah. I think that men as dancers are seen as something quite rare and quite special um, because there's so few of them in comparison to women. So automatically, automatically they're seen as special, whereas women are just one of many. Um, so some of it's historical, some of it's social, um, and some of it is just the way we are in society currently. Um, but I think we're at a point where really we can't continue I- in this way. So we have to make a shift change. Absol- uh, absolutely. There has to be more you know, female choreographers. Um, yeah. I, I recently interviewed uh, Rosie Kay of Rosie Kay Dance Company. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, and we touched on um, this particular topic of one which I'm, you know, very, very interested in. And I think a program like Bench is so important uh, today, you know, f- to get women yeah. women involved and the female voice heard both, you know, on, on stage and, you yeah. know, and I beyond. Mean, audiences, uh, I think audiences need access to those voices. We need to be able to hear and see a range of different voices not just men not just women um it might be tra- trans voices we need to we need to yep. hear and see everything absolutely and seeing one thing then then i think that's quite sad um 
it's quite limit- limiting, it's, isn't it? <laughs> very limiting. And also then there's no, there's no ro- role models for younger women coming up through the sector. Um, and I, okay, I mentioned Crystal Pite, mm-hmm. uh, but she is often the only person, the only female choreographer that is talked about in the press. And actually there's hundreds of women working across this country and across internationally as choreographers and as artistic directors and leaders and let's hear their let's hear their names let's hear them you know <laughs> yeah absolutely um and i think that's our responsibility as as women together but also i think it's the responsibility of men to to make that happen and so, and as and the dance industry itself yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely so so with the bench it's about training choreographers and giving them the opportunity to build their confidence and to speak clearly about their artistic work and their voices are heard but it's also about bringing the sector together Uh, we had a conference last year as part of the international dance festival in birmingham and that brought together around 90 people that work in the sector from sadler's wells down to independent artists to discuss the issues of of gender and the performing arts and where is it all going wrong and what can we do more of so it's really it's a kind of three-pronged approach really it's working with choreographers it's working with organizations and it's working with kind of funders and the arts council and people like that so yeah and the bench program when when is the next round opening up is it coming up soon where perhaps you know choreographers listening will be able to apply anytime soon yeah so we are currently in our second year um which doesn't finish until november of this year so the next round will open up actually next spring okay um so it's all it's a wee while yet but it will be on the bench website um and we have a kind of network and newsletter as well so it'll be on there and follow us on facebook (laughs) and twitter um so yeah and so two-faced is actually touring um a triple bill called run that includes choreography by yourself but also Uh from a female choreographer who's been through the bench program as well as um, another choreographer tell us about the three pieces of work and the other two choreographers alongside yourself sure so um as part of the first year of the bench, we decided to kind of put our money where our mouths are <laughs> and commission commission another choreographer, another female choreographer, um, who really has only created small work to go into mid-scale venues. Um, so Rebecca Evans, who's actually an American choreographer that now lives in the UK, was commissioned, um, and she's created a great piece. It's a duet called The Other, um, and it uses these lights are digital lights that, that go on and off with, with movement, they're sensory. Um, and that really explores migration um, and that, that, that feeling of, of having a lot of everything around you being about fear, really, and being mm-hmm. scared of the, of the future or what's to come. So her piece is uh, it's quite an emotional piece, actually. It's, it's a great piece, uh, great movement language, very different to, to my movement language. So that's, that's nice. Um, then the third piece is called Fallen Angels. That's by Lenka Wagnerova, who's a Czech choreographer. And I'd kind of seen her work on and off for a number of years at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Um, and, in, and in Prague and she creates very kind of theatrical work um, it's a very strong narrative it's it's about um, demons that are cast down and it kind of relates to how it's very easy for humans to move to the dark side um, 
and it explores our relationship um, as as a group, as a group of of, of angels or devils. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's very theatrical piece. That's the that's the last piece. It's got a great score uh, created by a composer called Thomas. Um, so it's got a real kind of rock sound. It's a little bit Pink Floyd actually. Okay. <laughs> fantastic um and then my piece um from above that explores the idea that um the influence really of, of social media um on on ourselves and that we don't really have our own opinions anymore we're just consuming the opinions of everybody else so we just are kind of going around in this cog this circle um where we don't actually have our own morals or ethics we're just borrowing them from the things that we read on social media channels and things. So that my piece explores that and that's called From Above. So it's an interesting triple bill. Um, it's quite a complimentary triple bill and I kind of curated it in a way so that it, it, it feels quite relevant. Um, it was kind of created post-Brexit. Uh, you've got a, a Brit, uh, a Czech choreographer and an American <laughs> and it was all created during Brexit and Trump time. So it, it feels fairly relevant, uh, I think, as an audience member when you're watching it. Absolutely. You know, talking about social media influence, talking about the culture of fear, yeah. about, you know, the, the good and the evil. Mm-hmm. It's very relevant. I think it sounds like an exciting triple bill. And it's touring, well, it's on tour, but it's uh, picking up again from the 31st of March, going through till May across the UK. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. We're in London on the fourth and fifth of April. So, yeah, I'm coming down on the fourth. I think it is to <laughs> to see uh, run, which I can't wait to see. Um, I also wanted to ask you about your own experience um, as a female artistic director and choreographer, and about some of the challenges that you've personally faced and had yeah. to overcome. Yeah, I think um, I think when I first started out, I think um, not anymore. I look quite old now, but I, <laughs> I used to look quite young, and people would often not take me seriously or think I was kind of nineteen when actually I was like in my mid thirties. Um, and there was a little bit of that going on. I think I have sometimes felt like even though I've created work or co-collaborated with other people that um, somehow my voice was lost in all of that and somehow I got referred to as an assistant choreographer rather than a co-collaborator and that the males would always get the 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 press and I would I wouldn't even get a mention really so I, I kind of feel like sometimes I've been the choreographer with no name um which is which is interesting. I think I've always had to create my own opportunities. Um, so I've always had to, you know, if I wanted something to happen, I would just make it happen and I'd get on and I'd write my funding bid and I'd make sure that, you know, I managed to get the money to go on tour. Whereas I feel, I feel perhaps that that's not the same challenge for men because I feel like perhaps a woman will always do that for them. So I think there's, there's an interesting, there's an interesting thing there about how, how women are with other women as well um, within this sector and, and needing you need that support. So I think I face quite a lot of challenges, but I kind of, some people say that I'm a bit of a solutions person <laughs> so that even if there's a challenge, I see a solution. So to try and overcome it. Um, and I think you, you 
you cr- to a certain extent, you create your own opportunities in life. Um, and I think one of the issues for me is that I have made a very conscious decision not to live in London and not be based in London and to be based in a, in a quite a rural community. Um, part of that is accepting the fact that I won't get offered those same opportunities that I would if I lived in London. Um, so I think, you know, this is, it's, it's an interesting journey, um, that I've been on the last, you know, 17, 18 years. Um, and there will continue to be more challenges as life gets more difficult. Yeah. <laughs> uh, funding gets pulled. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Education is changing. Yes. Um, I think the one thing remains though, is that as artists, we have a responsibility to have an impact socially, politically, um, we can't we can't just be there for entertainment. Um, absolutely, that that's how I see it, really. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, I, and I wanted to ask this earlier, but uh, I completely forgot. I, <laughs> I wanted to find out. Uh, it's an interesting name, Two Faced. Yeah. What was the inspiration behind that? I've been dying to ask that question. It really is just uh, the two different sides of our company. So the. Okay. From when we originally started the kind of community and education work we do and then the performance work we do, um, when we first started, we did both. I think sometimes there's quite a lot of companies that start off as performance companies and then they attach the community and education work to what they do, sometimes because they need to do so for funding purposes. Mm -hmm. So actually, it kind of demonstrates that our commitment to community and education work and performance, the two sides from the off really so that's why and also because we appear at the top of lists on everything we always hear about things first which is quite handy that is excellent and finally what advice would you give to other aspiring female choreographers out there trying to establish them, themselves in the dance world today I think I would say don't be afraid of asking for what you want um because people can only turn around and say no but if you never ask you'll never know if you're going to get that so if you need to get free rehearsal space or you you want to work and get with a certain person who you think is probably out of your league just ask they can only say no so uh just don't be afraid that's what i would say that's great great advice yeah that's excellent well thank you so much for chatting with us today um and I hope we've inspired some female choreographers out there to apply for the next intake in the spring of the Bench program. You can learn more about Two Faced and Bench on the website twofaced.co.uk, where you can also book tickets to the UK tour of Run, uh, which sounds like an amazing triple bill, and I can't wait to see it uh, next month myself. Thank you so much, Tamsin. Don't forget to subscribe. We've got some incredible interviews coming up with principal ballerinas and renowned choreographers. We love dance and ballet, and we hope you'll love us. Join us on Facebook and Twitter.